Hi, and welcome to the 75th episode of Keen Minds. We're covering NBC's The Blacklist. This is season six, episode 11, Bastion Moreau. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I'm Tessa. And boy, what an episode. Yeah, I liked about 98, 99% of it. (laughs) So I always love a good heist show. A good heist yeah. episode. Those well, this one had everything. I mean, he had a heist. He had the whole task force minus Cooper working together. He had Cooper uh, going to visit Red, and then you know he had uh, Wild Ti- Baker. It had wild time jumps in which they appeared over in Europe and then back in America. Mm-hmm. You know, all um, over the place within twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and then it had uh, Red in the death chamber and choosing his last meal and doing a walk about of the, of the death chamber. I mean, like what? You're going to object to the decor? I'm sorry. Those curtains are horrible. I cannot be killed here. <laughs> you know, I would rely on Red to make comment like that, though. No, uh, like the, the fact that he wasn't doing flippant things tells you how that's what it was so. Yeah. <sighs> but, I mean, I... I've never really put a whole lot of thought into it, you know? I I would not... But I I almost can't imagine that that's not something that they do if they went out of their way to show those scenes. Like, I I have to imagine that's something they do. And I just sat there going, this is so twisted. Has no one stopped and said, listen, this is really twisted? Well, you don't have to do it, but I guess that they... It's a right to make sure that you're going to be... They're not going to, like, like you kill you in in a bad place or... Yeah, or, because or heaven forbid you get an infection when they're killing you. I know. Or an allergic reaction. Yeah, it just... I I will say, we were talking before we started recording, the the death chamber scenes made me incredibly anxious. I did not... I didn't not like them because they were badly written or badly acted or anything. They just... It was a personal thing. It just made me incredibly anxious. I was not a fan. Did Are not you a want- fan of the death penalty? Um, I'm not against it, but I also wouldn't, you know, sit there and enjoy watching someone croak either. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I think it has a place, but I, I wouldn't revel in it by any stretch. It's still a human life. I mean, just a lot of what went into that made me incredibly uncomfortable to watch. And the one thing I will say, the one scene that I... I did very much enjoy, and I actually put up a gif of it today, was um, was that moment when the guy is testing to see if he's allergic to the, the mm. medication. <laughs> and Reddington snapped at him. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember the exact line. He said, um, I've killed a lot of people. I've shot them, stabbed them, and suffocated them, but I have never, never coddled them. It's disrespectful. Don't coddle me. And there was something so dangerous. And it just, I, I feel like it's so easy with Red because, I mean, Spader plays him. He, he's often making light of things. I mean, you know, he just, he has that mm. charm about him. It's so easy to forget how dangerous Red is. And we've seen those moments, but we haven't, I don't think we've seen that kind of level of, of switching to danger in a while from him. And it's really easy to forget just how vicious Red can be sometimes. And it was startling. And I, you know, I saw someone make the comment online that she thought that it was, um, that there was something there that, you know, maybe he, the, the the comment was an antidote. I think she was just kind of throwing things out. You know, I mean, but but whatever, that there was something about that scene. And that's a possibility. I mean, it's the blacklist and things happen all the time. But to me, it struck me as this suddenly became very real for him. And that was him finally the mask of being okay cracking just for a second and him snapping through it and going, stop pretending this is okay. You know, this is my life. Stop pretending this is okay. You know, whether um, he I, deserves it or not. I don't think it, it was not. even that. It was like, just like, um, killing somebody is never, it's a very uncivilized act. 
it's the antithesis of civilization. Um, and I think what what irked Red was that when he kills somebody, is he is killing somebody. He doesn't pretend to make it civilized. And that pretension of civilization, um, I think, was was the what would trigger that reaction and and the reality of it i think that that is you know it, it was it was such an absurd scene um the fact that they would test it to make sure that you're not an allergic reaction um it's uh it's in itself a um and a, a, a very complicated thing and i think that there people even people who are in pro of the death penalty and people who are against the death penalty everybody has very complex emotions about it as as most people do have about just killing anybody you know i think that there may have been a few very heinous offenses that would be would say to somebody it's it's you know i i basically you have so um uh renounce your humanity by doing that like killing children or abusing children or a total mass murder of of innocents uh that 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 would make that's what the judge said when she passed the sentence she said you know you you have um oh what was the line that she gave she said you've been uh, denied the right to live at all or something like that you've uh, given up your right to live as a free man but now you've been you forfeited the right to live at all and i mean i think that's that was the point that you know i i i couldn't tell you off the top of my head what you know what federal offenses land you in the death you know in the death penalty but um i mean the number of <laughs> federal offenses that red had to his name that, you know, I mean, we've seen just in the six years of the show, yes, he's committed, you know, probably enough things that would land him on death yeah. row. And and again, most of the people that he has killed are not exactly innocents. No, but, you know, in the eyes of the law, it would still land him there. And so it's but yes, it's exactly what you just said. It's super complicated. And I thought it was I, I think that that is probably what, you know, I think that you were supposed to be uncomfortable in those scenes. I, I think that it was <laughs> it was written in such a way, performed in such a way that I think that my reaction was what they were going for, which, hey, mm-hmm. kudos, guys. I was still uncomfortable, but I guess kudos. Um, the, I mean, it's, it's exactly what you said. It's, they're trying to make something that is, that's profoundly uncivilized yeah give it a you know whether it's a veneer of civilization whether it's necessary or not don't don't pretend that you're you know can do it with a smile (laughs) a happy service yes exactly i mean that's that's feel the card here to tell us how we're doing good happy face or frowny face before you (laughs) die please fill out this (laughs) this survey for us it's it's so twisted and so weird and i mean i don't see a lot of shows put that up there and so it was it was probably a very bold move on the blacklist oh and by the way i meant to say this on opening but congratulations to the blacklist on season seven to the writers the uh people production everybody involved kudos for for uh, Just season please seven. give us a few of canon facts um let's please don't make it into the skeleton um, oh I mean, it's, we've we've got a few. Uh, I don't care even if they mess up my beautifully constructed timeline and I have to start all over again. I'm fine with that. Just give me stuff. Yeah, um, we're just asking for, for a little more depth. We know you got it in you. We know the story's there. Just come on, guys. <laughs> like, I, I would be happy for the show to go on indefinitely if they would, you know, go back to their deeply formatted mythology. And so I think it is there. It is there. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know that is there. I know that they're doing more things. spread out these days yeah. and it feels yeah. kind of exhausting. It feels yeah. like they should be maybe 18 episode seasons versus 22. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's what NBC's given them. So that's what they're doing. I just I'm hoping that maybe um, because the rumor I've heard is that uh, that they actually knew they were doing when when Sony pitched the two season renewal, the NBC gave it to them as long as they got their fifty percent. But it was 
if the uh, if, if they, they could sign the cast. Sign, yeah, Spader was the only one with the seven year, and so they signed who they could to it, and um, and so I mean, if that's the case, then I I do wonder if maybe there'll be a certain point in which we'll hit, you know, okay, from here until the end, we're gonna just. Diving. I think that once they know they got X number of episodes, they can then they can then map out the reveals. Because and that's what I'm what saying. I've I hope said, so. I hope so. Yeah. Well, I, what I've always said is I understand why their scars. We've hit a point where I mean, let me let me put it this way. You know those those funny houses where you go and you and you, there's all mirrors. And you think that something is on your left, and then it's all like inclined mirrors, and you know it. It's turned out that the thing that you're seeing in front of you is really behind you, um, and and so they're laying down this path through this this funny house of mirrors, and then each, and you're seeing things, and at the end there will be this one mirror that they will just turn, and it will be such a twist. That everything that you thought it was in one place is in some other place, and and I think that that you know I'm I'm fully expecting it. I I and we're getting. I mean, like in this episode, we did get a lot of things actually. Yeah, there, um, let, let's have a conversation about Red and Liz over the last. The Last Supper of sorts. Mm. Um, because there were several things. I, I have very vague notes for this mm-hmm. this podcast, but um, two of them, two out of the like five that I have, have to do with that particular scene. And so mm. uh, would you like to go first on your thoughts? Or no, go you, ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So there were two things that uh, that were really interesting to me. The first was, was Red talking about his mother. Red has always been very, and that's what reminded me and got me started on this path was you said that, you know, there was a lot in this episode. I feel like that was such an honest moment for him. He's so smooth and so he, oh, he always has the right words for everything. He's got a story and a. He doesn't vaccinate. He doesn't have any kind of vaccinations. Three times. This is the fourth time that he has actually stuttered a word. Yeah. And just the way that, I mean, and it it was a stutter. You could, I mean, I've known stutterers over the years and just the way that they pause like that. Um, Actually, one of the pastors at my church uh, stutters very, you know, quite a bit. And it's, it's almost like they get hung up on a word and just, it just kind of holds there for a long moment until they can either get past it or they have to go find a different word. And it was such a fascinating moment to see Raymond Reddington do that. And I think he was overcome with emotion. I think so. Yeah. I mean, between looking death in the eye and Liz coming when he wasn't expecting her to and talking about his mother. But the point of that being that we haven't heard a lot about his mother except for um, Aram. Aram. He only talks to about his mother to people that he really cares in about and in very emotional situations and very very emotional situations too i mean it's a foundation on the element mm -hmm. when when he thought liz you know when he thought that they were going to lose liz and aram made a call that ended up saving liz's life and now when he's sitting you know on death row and, and he orders something, a food, that instead of being one of the things that he'd really like to eat, he ends up ordering something that reminds, a horrendous meal that yeah. reminds him of his mother. So in a way, he wanted to go back. He wanted the comfort. He wanted the one person that actually saw through the uh, tribulations of the heart. And you posted just a few moments ago on Tumblr this lovely parallel. Before I go into my other point, would you like to go into that parallel for us? Because it was, I I actually hadn't pieced it together, and when you guys hear what it is, you'll understand why I'm embarrassed that I didn't piece this together. But Tessa did, and it was fantastic. Well, I, I've had this this uh, um, conviction because I can't even put it in a theory. It's it's a conviction based on the words that Red used to describe the major and the kind of people that he recruits. And the parallels that they've been drawing heavily between him and Tom Keene. Um, and so 
I I've always kept in my head what it was that was that made Tom be a, a perfect recruit. He was he was in trouble. He was a troubled teenager. He was in a bad home. Um, he had sociopathic tendencies. Um, the social worker said that he couldn't uh, deal with other people. Basically, he was troubled youth, and that's a kind of of a person that the major will go for in recruiting a sociopathic, wayward, difficult children, uh, runaway teens, somebody who is extremely intelligent, certain specific sociopathic tendencies, and and a troublesome uh, history. And then um, when Red said that, I mean, I've been seeing this because he talked about his father always with people that he had a relationship that was somewhat contentious, but he needed them, like the cowboy or Agent Martin or wrestler at the beginning. Uh, it's not only until he gets to listen, it's about the car, and he talks about, you know, that reminds him of the smell of the car that he stole, reminds him of the father's car, smell that smell of peanuts and, and, and gasoline. And, and then when he said that about her mother, her father being a disciplinarian and excommunicating him, which is a very interesting choice of words, uh, because they've been going through this religious thing for a long time. Um, and now they, they put, like the mother understood and the father basically cast him aside. And as soon as he said that, I had that image of Tom Keene, being uh, recruited by the major as a difficult child. And I think that the major, which is 20 years older than Red, so the the, diff the age difference worked. He would, and in, in then before the Cold War ended, he would have been a major in, in the army of some sort. And then he would have trained recruits for intelligence work and and that could be one of the ways that we could go around that that Ray was in the academy Admiral Abrams recognizes him and on the other hand there is um like he said that he hasn't been in a pool so what was he doing in the academy that he wasn't a being it was he trained in law was he trained in intelligence work and I think that that's what what we come in and also that he took the name Raymond Reddington because he had been excommunicated for his parents so he hasn't he created a whole identity for himself but Tom Keene it wasn't his real identity but it protected him so did I explain that well or not oh yes I, I'm very time. Very happy with it. Uh, like I said, she she posted it in um, you know with quotes and such was the uh, the the uh, parallel that she posted there, and it was just phenomenal. I was so excited. Yeah. So the we love, we love parallels. Oh, I am a parallel nerd. I do enjoy them. So the other thing that was very odd, and I feel like it's I, I have this sneaking suspicion that it's there's more to it than what we were seeing because he said it twice. He was so focused on him having this buttload of money for Liz. She was about to become very wealthy. He'd been amassing tons of money for her. It was at least twice, maybe three times that he said it. I mean, just really pushing the fact that she was about to come become very, very wealthy. And which reminded me of Kirk. Well, so there's that too. Thing. There's that too. But I mean, he's tried to buy things for her in the past, buy things for Agnes, do things, and she's always shut him down every time. That's never been an interest of hers. That's never been. I mean, I'm not saying that she wouldn't take it if he was dead, but you know, especially at this point, you know, <laughs> things may have changed. But regardless, it's it's never been something that you know he would think that she'd be thrilled. For that to happen. I mean, she's always very much, while she's been, she's been actually against taking his money before, I don't, I've never had a question that she would rather have him there, certainly over his money, mm. you know, and, um, and so it was just, it was, when I watched it the first time, it was very strange wording, and I was very confused by it, and I'm like, that's bizarre, kind of put a pin in it. And during my rewatch, I started thinking about it, that I wonder, 
you know, she went in there to ask for the truth. And I'm thinking about this, and red being red, I can imagine if this is something that, as you and I've discussed multiple times, that it's probably something he's embarrassed over, or not, not embarrassed, that's too, too calm of a word. Um, that he's ashamed. ashamed. Thank you. I'm sorry, my brain's just not working. I've been halfway sick all week. Um, I'm having one of those days. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. What, what, what they're talking about, Samar, with the losing words, I live there. That's when you have chronic fatigue, you just live there. And so, yay. Um, anyway. Um, but uh, shame, yes, that, that he feels shame over. And, and so if that's the case, and I, I don't think anybody's going to, well, no, people would argue with me on it. But, you know, I, Red is a selfish man. He is. He can have very unselfish moments and has many of them. But there is a lot about the way he approaches the world that is very selfish. And I think that he would have trouble in the end if he could. I mean, and we've seen this because he's told he's told Dom before. He said, if I don't make it out of this, you can tell Liz. You can tell Elizabeth. And so it's not that he doesn't want her to know. It's that he doesn't want her to know while he's alive and has to look her in the face and feel the feelings that would come with it. And so I was sitting there and re-watching it and thinking about this, and I'm wondering if there's some sort of fail-safe that he has set up that along with the assets would come... I, I know in the comics there was a videotape of something mm -hmm. that explained, you mm -hmm. know, that was in Kaplan's care. And so, I mean, or something along those lines that would come with his assets that would explain everything. Um, or if Dom would deliver the assets and the information, but that he was making sure that she was aware this was coming so that she wouldn't, you know, miss that somehow. Like, go into, you know, do what she did when Tom died and go into hiding. And, you know, nobody could find her and tell her the truth. You know, if, if that's what all of that was. I, it may be something, it may be that, it may be something entirely different, and he may have just been stressed out and that's what he hyper fixated on i don't know um i think that in this i may be way of base because again i'm not i'm not proceeding from from facts and and clues i'm proceeding here from uh just feelings of of things that i am more or less seeing little clues here but nothing I can point to um, we have had in the recent episodes a number of, of events that have happened around this time I mean we do know for example that in uh, the sea the storm in the Sea of Galilee which is a, it's a very interesting painting uh, to have picked up among the many that were lost in 1990 in the in the Stewart Museum theft. And, and we know that Red didn't steal it, but he found the man who stole it. So the, the this painting, it, yes, it's one of the most valuable, but it's not the only one that was valuable. They, they took that one, and that's the one that Red has been going back and forth. Um, and then we've had this now, with the with the the money for a submarine, the way they they frame red was by having six million dollars, and six million dollars is equivalent of twelve million dollars nowadays. So it's not a negligible amount of money at all, and and that money disappeared. And sure, it could be that they just put it in and they it. it could also be that Caterina needed it. And that was one way that she took money in. And then I realized that disappearing takes money. Being a criminal and being on the run takes money. It's very hard to do. I mean, um, color, the the surgery, that must have taken money. The And we now know that Katarina was the one that brought him to Kohler. Yes. Yeah. So so there is a lot of, of money here. And I, I am wondering if with knowing with knowing who 
red is because I mean for and here we're gonna divert those of you who do not believe that red is Liz's father are going to think that all of this is basically and you know whatever for me I believe that he's her father so I think that when understanding who Katarina is the, her real identity which means understanding who Dom is and also will bring to who Red really is. And I think that that will get it listened to a lot more trouble. Because one of the ways that I found it interesting, the way they always said, that knowing the father's identity will be trouble. Not who the father is. The father's identity. That's a whole different story. Because when Liz thought that Red was her father... You know, the world didn't stop. Nobody did anything to her. There was no problem. And yet, um, Red keep insisting is the identity. That's a really good point. So the more she gets close to that identity, um, the more money she's going to need. Because disappearing, because becoming someone else and, and running takes money. And I think that that is, I mean, and look about all these people that are around him, the Hargraves, they've all have gravitated towards ginormous amount of money. It's true. And it's power, sure, but it's also the power to disappear. But I was going to say, but there's I a know. reason that it's power. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean... And, and one of the other things that I want to say, since we're just talking about that that scene, um, it, it was a very, very powerful scene, especially when she said that she loved him. She, she was there for answers, and Ressler made an excellent point to her. At the end, maybe all you need to know is that it's a man who really deeply loves you. I mean, Ressler was there when Red collapsed after when he mm -hmm. thought she was dead. Uh, he's, it, it, there's a lot of things that Liz may not have seen that Ressler did. And may not know. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, Tom really didn't see much of it. And even if he did, I mean, his, his entire view of Red has been colored for a long time. I mean, he's he's just going to look at things from a different vantage point. And, and he was not like that with, with Tom. Yeah, that's with true. Tom, I mean, was just supportive. Yeah, I mean, and to be able to be like that, I feel like, I mean, Red's never trusted Tom, even up until the end. I mean, he, he trusted him to a point, but not to, I feel like he and Wrestler have connected at this point, at least Red to Wrestler. Maybe not quite as much the other way, but Red... I think that Reddington trusts to be a little more vulnerable around wrestler. I think it just also have happened. It just yeah. have happened. I mean, he was just there. It was, I mean, I, I doubt that because not even Cooper saw it. I mean, yeah. when, when Cooper went to him and said, you know, how are you faring? He said, you know, I'm faring. Okay. When he's talking about smilings, um, so I think that that wrestler was in a unique point mm -hmm. uh, when he's he he hadn't had any chance to rebuild the defenses to put the walls around him because even when he went to Tom he said you're going to learn to be a father and all that it was it was about being him being supported not about his his level of pain I mean that that moment was a very interesting moment in Liz and in a turning point she was there for answers. And, and instead, Red was talking about his mother, his voice cracking and telling her about his childhood being a difficult child. And I think that, that Liz is not stupid. She will get that connection to Tom. She will get that eventually. She's not thinking clearly because it's all a rush, but I think she will. It was it was a beautiful moment when she chose instead to tell her that she loved him. Yeah, I, and and because it was it was a partial parallel back to when she was, you know, about to fake her death. Which, when they looked at it, I mean, she could have really died. They, I mm -hmm. mean, they they knocked everything down. I mean, it was a very risky 
mm-hmm. situation when they faked her death. And <clears throat> she didn't finish it. She said, Raymond, I do, and then passed out. And so, I mean, now as the tables are turned and he's looking death in the face, she was able to finish it. And she was, you know, able to tell him, despite everything, in the face of everything, I do love you. And, yeah, it was incredibly powerful. It was very well done. And his face was... Yeah. It's like everything he had waited for, that's the redemption. That's the second chance. And he's getting it as he's about to die. And I think that's why she did it. I think she finally realized that she cares... You know, finding out her answers is not going, it's not going to bring Tom back. It's not going to bring Sam back or Kate or any of them. And in that moment, as she could hold on to her anger and her frustration and all of that and her her feelings of being betrayed, she could hold on to all that and probably regret it after he was gone or she could give him that in the end. And even after everything, say, you know, let, let's push every all the other feelings aside. This is how I do really feel at my core. And here we go. And it was incredibly brave of her and very, mm-hmm. very selfless of her after yeah. everything. I mean, I, I'm sure because heaven knows and the it- Liz hate has been off the charts. So I'm sure people are screaming at her for flip flopping. But. I think it was brave. Well, it's it's a very complex relationship, and yeah. and Red has been withholding so many things. So it's it's not like he, he's she's he's blameless. Um, it it was also a very interesting moment because it goes right back to season one to episode one, who says you're the only uh, you, you can give me a second chance, and it it comes at this bittersweet moment when he thinks he's gonna die. And he is stunned by it. Like he had no words. Nope. Um, I also think that if if we're going to look and and I've been looking at things that maybe Red says and maybe um and um there's another Jan in, in Reddit. Um it, she's um Five two five uh, five two two five, and she made an observation on on Reddit about uh, something interesting w- with a scene, and it just slipped my mind. I'm having that kind of day too. Um, what is it? Okay, we were t- we have been realizing that Red seems to be off by a year. Almost like he was in a coma and everything for him is like Katerina didn't commit suicide or or walk into the ocean in 1990. She did it in 1991. Um, it was and everything seems to be off by a year. So I wonder if she he. So I've been thinking: is he lying to Liz, or is it really off that he really doesn't know everything? He he cultivates that image that he knows everything, but I don't think he does. Well, we've talked about that quite a bit. That it's he mm-hmm. he projects that omniscient sort of vibe, and mm-hmm. it's so easy, even as the audience that knows as much as we do, to get caught up in that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if <laughs> if we're getting caught up in it as the audience that has a much rounder viewpoint than someone in the show would, then they're very susceptible to it. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if, if when, you know, even if you think that Red does lie to Liz, I think that at that point, you have to think that he's being honest. That's, those words that he said about his childhood and his mother, they were deeply important. They were deeply yes. honest. I That's probably his honest. I don't think he had any reason to lie about that or to lie at all in that moment. I mean, what does he have to lose? I don't know for sure if he would have told her the truth if she had asked. But, I mean... Yeah, and, and that, that brings me to my last thing. Um, 
in all these things that we're we're seeing in this season, it's I gotta say, I, I frustrated as I get, I I have to admit to the level of craftiness in in creating this <laughs> that you turn people so many times around that they don't know up from down and left from right. If you think about it, Red knows that Liz knows that he has been someone else once. Correct? I think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hang on. Let yet, me follow. <laughs> yes. And Red yet does not, even knowing that, he still thinks that Liz thinks she's his daughter. So well, whatever she keeps people... saying it. She, she does keep saying it to him. She said it on the stand. I mean, e- even if the... The folks in the, um, even if the jury didn't understand she was referring to herself when she said the love of a father for a daughter, you know, I mean, they may not have known, um, because I don't think it's supposed to be very widespread that she is, um, but I mean, she said things like that around him, even since he found out, and part of that could be just him allowing her to think that she's still playing him. Okay, but think about it. That that absolutely means that what the audience think it means is not what it means. <laughs> and I know this is complicated, but follow me. If if Red were the person who assumed the identity of Reddington in 1991, as he make us believe. The moment that Liz knew that he was someone else, Liz would have known that he's not Reddington. So if Liz thinks that he's not Reddington, how on earth can he think, can he believe that she thinks he's, she, that he's her father? He, that would have been the first thing that it would be like, whoa, wait a minute, what do you mean? The fact that he's not going over that, what he wants to prevent Liz from doing is finding out his real identity. Not that he's not ready to assume the identity in 1991. That doesn't make any sense. It's very well hidden because you've been turned so many times around, but it makes no sense whatsoever. Maybe. I mean, like I said, my, my assumption was that he's just allowing her to continue to think that she's playing him. Because otherwise, if they were to put it, if he were to say, hey, I know that you think you're playing me, then the next question immediately comes about, okay, so who are you? And then, oh, crap, now I've either got to deny it or answer it. You know, I mean, so why why open up that can of worms sort of thing? You know, if but they if- can just continue both play pretending, why not? But but why at the end? Because in any circumstances, I that would goes, say, yes. That, that goes back to what I said earlier. I I don't think he wants, I, I think he's so ashamed of whatever it is, you know, that that shame is so deep that he doesn't want to look her in the eye and have that conversation. And so he would rather, after he's gone, her get her answer. And that was one of the questions I had that she said, you know, what happens if, if he dies, then my answers die with him. I'm sitting there going, no, it's like you put him in jail to have a chance to find your answers. You actually would probably have a better chance of finding them if he's gone. I mean, I'm not saying like kill Red, but she would still probably, I mean, like that doesn't immediately kill her ability to find answers. Unlike with Tom, which that was such a she was so far removed from something like St. Regis, she wouldn't have even known what she was looking for, for the most part, with Tom. You know, uh, <coughs> I mean, when he, she saved his life at the end of season one to, you know, drag him in for answers. I don't think she would have ever found out nearly as much about Tom or about Jacob Phelps as she did. She wouldn't have known where to look for him. She knows where to look for Red. She's already on the, uh, the bloodhound on that trail. And so... Him dying, I do not believe, would would kill her ability to find that. Um, good point. And so, I mean, she she's just in, 
She doesn't want to lose him. I mean, that's what it boils down to. She doesn't want to lose him. She cares about him. She loves him. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, and she probably feels very, no, probably about it. She does feel very guilty over it because I don't think she ever meant for it to go this far. She wanted to put him in a corner somewhere, let the, you know, let the cops keep him for a little while. And then I think she thought his immunity deal would would come busting through and he would quietly be released out onto the streets. Like every other time that he's been caught up in something. Why would this be any different? It's the way she went about it. She just didn't think it through. So, on to Cooper. Yeah, let's move on to Cooper because Cooper had some amazing moments here. I was... I was not... I don't know. I mean, we, we've seen that Diaz is a little sketchy um, before. I mean, the pockets of, of yeah. uh, Kirk. I mean, it's a little sketchy, but a lot sketchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, so like that's I think he's cabal. I think that uh, that Diaz is he's cabal. the upper faction of the cabal. I think so. the, one, the, the one in Bonn. Uh, I, I wouldn't I don't think he is the upper faction. She may be part of it. Um, oh, yeah. She's, I, I she's think the she, new Hitchens. I think she actually may be above him. I think he's more of a yeah, pawn. He's, he's more of a, yeah. uh, uh, what was his name? No, uh, but Conley. of that faction. Of, oh, oh of yeah, the yeah, upper yeah, yeah. echelon of the cabal. Yeah. No, I, I don't think, think he's the head by any stretch. Oh, yeah. I think she's the handler. He's the one that they've put into place to and orchestrated to put him in a place of power. He's a puppet. Kind of like Connolly mm-hmm. was. I mean, obviously Connolly was newer into it than than Diaz seems to be. But I think it was, I, I mean, I think that Cooper's idea, I loved that moment. You know, Panabaker, that's career suicide. Yeah, for the president. <laughs> that was brilliant. It just, the fact that he's willing to go so far and push so hard to save Red. I mean, he's been doing it for a while now. It's It's really... Like, it's just, it's, I've really enjoyed this stretch with Coop and the fact that he was, he just keeps going, nope, you got to get me another deal, another meeting with the president and another one and another one. <laughs> Did I mention I'm going to talk to the president again today? <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I, I, and that scene at the beginning was very beautiful too, when Cooper and Ren mm-hmm. meet. Um, Calls him friend. Well, I, think, it, I think there was something very special in the moment when Cooper was trying to help his uh, his friend, his dead friend's son. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that season four or five? Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there. Um, and Reddington went out of his way to be his backup. Mm-hmm. He knew even when Cooper, he said, "I don't need it." There exactly. He was. I mean, it was just, it was kind of, it it was a nice little parallel to the task force in this episode. I don't, I'm not, I would not ask for this and I won't ask them for this. And there they are waiting on the plane. (laughs) It was just, I think that that no matter how irritable Cooper gets with Red, and I think he does get very frustrated with Red when it comes to Liz, but I think outside of Liz, he has a great deal of respect for Red yeah. and a great deal of affection for him. Yeah, it, it was, and it was great to see Panna Baker. I um, don't know if I love that woman or hate her because I don't trust her because nobody in her. Well, no, no, that's not true. Um, um, oh, what was her name? She started in season two and she died in season three. Um. Revan Wright. Thank you, Revan. Um, I'm like, I can picture her. Uh, yeah, Revan has been the only person, I think, in that position that wasn't just a total creep. I mean, because we had Connolly and then Revan and then Hitchin. Mm-hmm. And then now we've got Panabaker and we've had Panabaker for a while. And I've never quite decided if I trust her or not. I'm still not sure. I've switched back and forth several times in this episode on if I think she's on side with with Diaz and what was Mm-mm. the woman's name? What was the woman's Anna. Is that all we got? Anna, we didn't get a last name? Anna Ma, Ma, uh, Ma no, he, Yeah, he, he gave a last name. I don't remember yeah. what it was, though. But so 
or if she's just doing her job. I, I lean more towards doing her job because I think that otherwise she she's never... She's a politician. She's yeah. a survivor. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I lean more towards just doing her job because otherwise I don't think she ever would have gotten him that those meetings with the president to begin with mm. if she were in on it. I don't think she would have orchestrated that. It would have been a whole lot easier just to keep Cooper out. Yeah. I, did you find interesting that for that woman, Anna, they chose a, a woman that could be like a younger version of Katerina, I sounded like Katerina, hair like Katerina, that coldness that Katerina She's not ginger. Had. Hang on. She's not ginger. No, no, no. But she's she's a strawberry blonde. Not not quite a redhead, but not quite a blonde. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I definitely saw the resemblance there. And there was something in the eyes, in the, the mm-hmm. shots that they were taking of her that were very similar to Requiem. And just that coldness, that calculated look that she got. It did. It reminded me a great deal of Katarina. I did notice that. And mm-hmm. I think she will be very formidable. Um, I, I hope that she lasts a while. Um, I think that she'll outlast Diaz. I think Diaz will be dead long before <laughs> she will be. Oh, Diaz will turn. Diaz will turn. He's turnable. Um, I, I, you think I Diaz will think turn? That... Yeah, he'll turn. He'll turn or whatever. He, he's done it before and he That's will do true. it again. That's true. I mean, Red knows how to, to make him dance if he needs him to. So um, Anna would be there, but I think that we're looking now at the other levels of the cabal. I think so. And it's interesting that they choose a woman that resembles of a younger Katerina. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting um, uh, choice. And the fact that they're bringing Katerina. Is, and so you're having like redheads galore now and women with hair <laughs> like her. And there's all over. Um, I, it's very, very uh, intriguing to me. Um, Shows always need more redheads in them. Um, then, um, how about this little story with Samar and Aram? Well, let, let's. Um, can, can we go into the task force first? Mm-hmm. Because I mean that was fun, and then you know kind of segue into Samar. Oh, okay. Um, so I I loved. The heist. I, I'm a big fan. Every time they do a heist, I'm always a big fan of it. And to have, like I mentioned earlier, I very much enjoyed that. I know that they would be, they would back me, but I'm not going to ask them to because of that. And then she shows up and they're just there waiting on her. And it was just such a great scene. It was great to see them all together and working together on it. Mm-hmm. And... Them saying, and she said, well, Dembe and I are his family. And them looking at her saying, but we're yours. And that was such a great moment of just this unanimity between them. Mm-hmm. And I, I I very much enjoyed it. And uh, and then the wonderful bit of <laughs> Rom dropping the fob <laughs> into the toilet. Perfect. I just, it was so funny. I mean, that whole scene, because you had Liz playing the tourist. You had, um, you had a wrestler over there with his hamburger. <laughs> he's in Luxembourg and he's got a hamburger. Um, and just the whole, the whole bit. I mean, it was, for as emotional as the back end of the episode was, it needed that lightness in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a great moment, and and um, it, it's interesting because we, we've it, it was it was a very pointed change into uh, one, one thing that I did see in Red in season five was that he got so much about the chase of the bones that that scene was to me was. When he's about to leave and, and Samar is missing. And I thought it was interesting how uh, they went back to that s- scene in the plane. And now this time everybody is trying to save Red. It's about not it's about Liz, but I think it's also about Red. And I, and I think that it was a moment where they showed them loyalty. 
Yeah, I mean, I I think it's first and foremost for Liz, but yeah, especially for people like Aram, who have a bit of a special relationship with Red, I think that, you know, it's very much about doing everything they can. I mean, that's what Samar said. She said, we're going to do everything we can. He may live, he may die, but at least, at least they can say they gave it their all for it. And mm. it was, it was a very sweet scene and a very fun scene. Yeah, and, and boy, that episode did need something fun. Oh gosh, oh no! If that it, if it had all been just a tearjerker, I think I would just still be curled up and crying. It would have been terrible. Um, so I, I didn't look up who the writer was for this episode. Uh, wait a minute, did the this Johns is uh, JB's? This is the this J- is both the Johns. Okay, both both the Johns, the Johns did this one. Yeah, okay, the Johns. Then kudos, they guys. Do. Kudos, kudos, dudes. This this was very well balanced on that. <laughs> Yeah, and then, and then we have we have the whole thing with with Samar. I think that they're preparing. Either Samar is going to leave the That's task force, the and then they're going to send that umbrella company after her that kills former agents. Because I think that once it doesn't matter if she leave if she leaves um, leave Mossad or something else. Um, it's the fact company. that she be. There is one coming episode of a of a. It's called the Umbrella Something Company. Uh huh. And they, uh, they're, they're a company that um, kills former agents for organizations, for, you know, the CIA. So they issue a burner that they kill them. Oh. So they, they that's, that's the episode when we get uh, Levi back. Interesting. So I don't know who's being in danger or if it's Amar that decides to leave the task force or that she will be killed. I don't know how, but I don't think that she's going to make it the last end of this season well no the the rumor is that she's gonna leave um i i don't know what all that entails um i mean i've heard pieces and you know but nothing nothing confirmed um but yeah uh the the whole bit between aram and and samar was uh how did you take it from a non-shipper point of view what was your Uh, about Samar and Aram, just that whole back and forth and him finding out and and all of that. I think that he was deeply concerned that, that she was jeopardizing them and herself by being in the field. And I think that, you know, however, utterly lost, he was about finding this. Aram's, Aram is, is first and foremost about what's right. What's right in his in his mind and in his mind is that she shouldn't be in the field. It's a danger to her and it's a danger to the rest. And he was trying to protect the the, the task force and her. And and, and her. it's funny that how they say the people who would always tell you the truth and the person they chose for that particular one was around. Actually, no, they is. they chose Samar for that. Samar. Um, but, but I mean, Aram is very. I mean, he said you cannot be in the field. I mean, this this these mistakes are, are are important, and and I think it is it's a very bittersweet thing for Aram in as a non shipper, um, because he saved her, and in a way he got back to him, but it wasn't the same. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's it was so funny. I was watching it and I went, oh, here we go again, Aram, with your terrible timing. What he was saying, how he was saying, and the timing of what he was saying. All of it just ended up this big mess. And I'm, I'm glad she hung up on him because otherwise it would have been a very bad situation. Um, but I mean, he sits there and has this conversation about... I guess he went through her trash and found the <laughs> discarded notes there of every, you know, the discarded reports. And I mean, just the, the timing of saying that, I mean, it's not like she was, <coughs> he knows her too well. He knew he was, she wasn't going to just go, you're right, honey. Let me just tell wrestler that I'm having this aphasia that I didn't want to talk about at the office and that I'm going to just bail on them right now and get out of the field in the middle of the op. I mean, she's well, not going to do that's, that. But that's uh, that's around. I, mean, I know, I know, but that's what before. I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. It, it goes back to Aram's terrible timing. He always mm-hmm. has terrible timing. And he just gets so laser focused on it. 
just the kind of things he was saying and how, when he was saying it, it just, you're just in there going, honey, no, no, stop, Rob, stop. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was very sad and, and it was very well chosen because as Red is contemplating the end of his life, then Samara is contemplating the decline that she mm -hmm. knows is inevitably coming. And <clears throat> it's it's like it's preventing her from doing what she said she wanted. She said she didn't want children. She wanted a, a career. And at the end, you know, what is all this? Um, what does she have now? And, you know, would she just... Um, I mean, what will be the choices that she will make, or how she will leave, or all that? I think it's going to be very interesting, and I'm and I'm looking forward. I mean, it's sad, but I, the moment that Aram was the only one who wasn't damaged, I knew that something bad was coming. I knew they weren't going to do happy. They don't do happy. Yeah. And so, I mean, I I hope that because I mean, like I said, the rumor is that that Mozan's going to leave. I do hope that they will keep it open and that maybe at the end they'll be able to reunite them. And so that would, you know, I said I was telling telling a friend. She I might said, just leave and have a child and something like that. Random, but okay. Um, <laughs> I think that would be a little random. Um, it would it would seem a little out of nowhere uh, if she just was suddenly pregnant. No, no, no. If she just leaves, leaves the task force, not necessarily die. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I would hope they wouldn't kill her at this point. I mean, I, I do think because of that episode, <clears throat> at least it, the target is Levi's. I think there's a good chance the target will be Levi. Or, but it's only former agents. What former is Levi? Well, He's not we, he may have left Mossad. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't know what Levi's done the last season and a half. That's true. No clue. That's true. And so, I mean, that would be a good way to bring him in, unless he's one of these agents. I mean... Or the one telling Samara found that there is a hit on you. Yeah. I mean, my, my guess is that Levi is the one with the hit on him. Well, so see, can yeah. they do at least mediately happy, or it's only unhappy? You know what? I just want a fulfilling ending at this point. I mean, I don't think, for me, with Liz, the way that that it's panning out. I don't think that we'll ever get a truly fulfilling ending for her, but just give the woman a break. That's all I'm asking. Like in the end, give her a break. You can do that at the end of a show when it's done, mm -hmm. when it's over, you can give them something, you know, if suddenly mm -hmm. Tom's been held captive somewhere in the last episode, let's borrow Ryan for a second. I'm good with that. <laughs> That's, you know, if anybody's taking requests in the writer's mm -hmm. room, <laughs> And and finally, Wrestler had a, you know, it, it was a very interesting that Wrestler has been the voice of reason for, oh, for Liz. Oh, he was, okay, real fast with Samara and Aram and Wrestler. <laughs> would you two like to, what was, what was the line? Uh, would you like to get a room or would you like to rob a bank? <laughs> and then She's I'm just going to get you, I'm just going to get you a room. I'm just going to, I'll be the one to rent you the room or something like that. <laughs> It's funny because mo for most shippers, like, oh, he ships them. I'm like, I think he's baller with them. And he's like, can we please get on to the things that we're doing over here? Oh, I mean, I, I made the comment on Tumblr. I said in which wrestler ships Saram. But that goes back oh, to I've had, a, I've had a long running joke for since like season two, I guess it is. It started out with Samar. Uh, when they were talking about Tom and that Tom was alive and that Liz had kept yeah, him on a boat. Romantic. Yeah, and I went and I remember making a post set in which Samar ships Keen Squared. And then the next season you had a Rom talking to uh no no no, you you had Tom talking to a Rom about Samar, and I said in which Tom Keen ships Saram. Turn around, a Rom's talking about something sweet Tom did for Liz, in which a Rom ships Keen Squared. And so it's just been a running gag for me personally through my Tumblr and Blacklist experience. So I just had to add to it, in which yeah. wrestler ships a Rom. Mm -mm. Yeah, wrestler was never going to ship Keen Squared. So I'll take, I'll take one out of two. I'll mm. be okay. So... Um, this, the, the plot is complicated. 
uh, of this entire thing because I was sure that the plot was to kill the president. But apparently the president is on the plot. <laughs> so, and there is this dossier compiled by a former British intelligence that was given to the German prime minister and then she got killed. Intelligence. And, she's she's uh, head of intelligence. Oh, okay. Um, in, intelligence uh, minister, I guess. And like she got killed. And the report is, nobody can find it, but she did tell that senator some of it. I don't think she told him a lot because she started no, coughing but, up bugs. I go yeah. back to, wasn't it supposed to be subtle? That's not subtle. Well, but it's basically uh, not not subtle, but uh, nobody would know what to make of it. Uh, yeah, but you're not going to think, oh, the President of the United States did this. I know he did. <laughs> no, you're not going to think that. <laughs> no. 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 The, the box were... Um, so he gave it that thing way before. Yeah. Because they take about a week to hatch. Yep. So what do you think is the next step? Because there's one more step to do. Somebody else have to die. Well, I think they'll get a stay of execution. Because um, Cooper's going to walk in there and put his cards on the table. Um, with what he told Panabaker. And I think that, I think Diaz will cave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Diaz caves very easily. <laughs> That's why I said, I think he's more of a, a puppet than a, a ringleader here. Yeah. Um, and... Honestly, I don't know. I, I haven't been nearly as much for the theories. Um, it's just, it's such a wild... I mean, they're they're going after the dossier uh, because Moreau has the intelligence officer. But mm-hmm. honestly, I mean, I've always wondered with that, you know, I'm going to take you at gunpoint to find this thing that you don't want me to find. Dude, you're going to shoot him at the end. Why does? Why would he go with you? Like... <laughs> I guess in time, I guess. People uh, yeah, just, I uh, guess so. But like <laughs> just hoping something will happen and he will be derailed. Yeah. But obviously there is who's the who do you think is a lot? The other victim? Well, the other I mean, person is going to die. They, they, had just, the, they both got to die. They, they had the yeah, it was the um, the intelligence officer, the MI6 guy or MI5, MI6. Yeah, it was yeah, his... that, but that he's not the the guy who they had a gunpoint. Yes, it was. No, 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 no. That's that is that is a. Uh, uh, I don't think that that is the the. It's a former guy. I think it's an older person who had that dossier. No, because that well, was a part of the. Someone of the else German. may have the dossier. No, that was the British guy, because they had his photo with the uh, with the German woman. Mm-hmm. And they had the young man who came in and said this, you know, I have this dossier and we're not going to, we were not going to, you're going to talk to the Americans. You're not going to give them the dossier. That was the British uh, intelligence officer. Was it? Yes, it was. And that's also who he took at gunpoint to go find the dossier. Okay. So I think, I think he's the one that they're, they're trying, they're in a race to save at this point. I mean, but he wasn't nearly as high profile as it needed to be to save Red's life. The, the German intelligence. Now, as soon as they realize that Diaz and Anna were involved in it, then it suddenly, and that's what Red told Liz. He said, this is over. This is over. Look at the bigger picture now. Look at the, the, um. Yeah. I, I think that we're getting now close to Red's uh, work. What, what Denver referred to as the work that they're doing, mm-hmm. the things that give meaning to his life. That's what he's been doing, and 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 it has to be a reason why Katerina can come out, and 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 that has to be something that is working. And she was a secret keeper. Yeah, that's been that has been buried deeply. Yeah, and we we heard that once and didn't hear it again. And and we I, know that what happens to things that happen like that, right? Yep, they mean something. <laughs> they either mean nothing, like like Tom can't swim that never came back around, or. Uh, or they mean quite a bit. And I have a feeling with Katerina, it means quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I think the whole thing is Katerina. I mean, it's like uh, when and we're we're circling to Katerina and everybody like I, I noticed like that, that when that they chose that actress to be it's like, wow, that is that is pretty neat. The yeah. fact that they chose a woman that would remind you of and, and also the, the way she was acting that cold. Oh, yeah. 
It was like she watched the the scenes with Lottie and just was trying to imitate her. It was fantastic. Mm. The actress, really, the actress was great. Yeah, very creepy. Yes, creepier than 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 Lotta did Katerina. Oh yeah, I agree. She'd make a great Ines. Mm. <laughs> Ines McKenna. Yeah. Very very. Uh, I I I'm really looking forward because I think that we're we're going to the first to the first um, tier of the cabal. And I'm looking forward to it. Yes, I would love to have the cabal come back around. All right. Well, is that is that about it? That is about it. Because, I, I mean, we're going to have a lot more to say probably in, oh, yeah. when it concludes. But, all right. Well, you can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And you can... Talk to us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Tumblr. Until next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.